Hello and welcome to another episode of The Trainer's Tribe. Uh, my name is Kyle Wood and with me is my co-host... Dale Sidebottom. G'day, Kyle. G'day. Welcome to the show, everyone, and good to see you, Dale. Likewise, mate. Likewise. Through a screen, but that is 2020. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. that's how we connect. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we'll do a little check-in in a sec, uh, but first we'll let people know what we're talking about today. So today, Dale and I want to talk about continued education. So upskilling yourself as a trainer, we want to talk about uh, it's going to be a bit of a check-in on what kind of is the current cultural norm in the industry uh, and some things around why we think it's got a lot of hot, like a lot of flaws with it and where uh, sort of some recommendations that we have for looking for ways to improve your skills as a trainer uh, without just sort of checking a box, uh, but really focusing on where you want to go as a trainer and what your goals are. Yeah, it does. It does. And I think a lot of the time, particularly to keep our, and I just know as a teacher as well, to teach, uh, to keep your registration, every industry has got, uh, you've got to get so many hours. And um, the one thing I find in fitness is because we're so time poor and a lot of time we have to pay for these courses ourselves. that everybody is like, is it getting my PDP points or my CEC mm. points or whatever it is? It's not actually, do I want to learn this? Is it going to help me? Is it going to make yeah. me grow? It's really, is this going to allow me to get my points? And it's, I yeah. it's, such, it's such a backwards way of thinking. Yeah. That's, so That's the way it's set up. Like I've got this much money that I can afford to spend on training. I need to get this many points to keep my registration. And yeah, so often it ends up becoming what's the cheapest way I can get points rather than, like you said, what is it that I want to learn and um, how is this going to help me develop as a trainer and a person? Uh, yeah. Cause it's not like, I mean, I know you work with teachers a lot and it's like, in that case, the school's probably paying on their behalf, um, which certainly if you work, listen to this and are working for a company, try and get the company to pay for your education on your behalf. And then maybe you can do some cooler courses. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we want to talk a little bit about how that system's why it exists, but also how it's it's broken, and just what we recommend when it comes to looking for ways to improve your skills as a trainer. Mm, so so true, and I know uh, when we first started this podcast, Kyle, we were really, really wanted to do the face to face training, and we did we did one in uh, the in Australia in Melbourne, and we did. We did a couple of other gyms and things as well. We went to New Zealand, but at the end of the day, it's expensive. And, you know, gym owners, trainers, boot camp owners have to pay for it out of their pocket. Um, mm. And that, as beneficial as the day was and unreal, that's why it sort of it didn't work that well. And that's where now you see so much online because you can do it in your own time. Um, it doesn't cost as much and you physically don't have to miss sessions or um, you can still keep your schedule and work around that. And I think yeah. that's one of the, the best things I've seen about 2020. If you want to, I think everything's an opportunity and a positive. And for me, that's a lot of people figuring out that they don't need to do as much travel and that they can record what they're doing and repurpose it other ways. But um, 
I find this all the time at the, a lot of the courses I offer and things is people won't often say, oh, I'm so excited to get this out of it. It's will I get this many points or whatever. Yeah. And, um, I understand you need a governing body and you need a way to regulate. Are you continually developing? But what I find a lot of time is it's not often how is this going to make me grow or I really want to do that course. I don't want to do that course now because I don't get the points. I'm going to do this course because it gives me the points, but it's not essentially something I want to learn from. Do you yeah. see that happening? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's good to see that there, and we, we won't go in and like name lots of names here because it's different in each country, but it's good to see there are some registration bodies or there are ways uh, not ways, but you can get insured without registration. I think that's something that's often not realized. Uh, so if you if you are listening to this and you're also frustrated that you have to choose, often choose accredited courses to do your training, uh, that just so you're getting points, even though it's maybe something you're not that interested in learning, uh, there are wait yeah you can get insured you don't have to be registered at least here in australia and actually when i was in the us i didn't have to be registered either to get insured so that's like another thing i think there's this culture that we have to be registered with a registration body and some councils i know well will require if you're training in their parks but hey you're online right now so yeah. <laughs> that's so that's right. you know that's not a problem for you zoom don't um, require it yeah and i like i love the reason we ran, I, I wanted to run those workshops that we ran back then was because, yeah, I, and I know you do too. I love the face-to-face stuff. There's so much power in getting people together in the same room face-to-face versus online. But one of the things that's happening at the moment is that we kind of don't have a choice. So we've got to make the best we can um, out of training people online or training people with social distancing. Um, and the same with education. But my big recommendation would be to look outside of even the fitness industry when it comes to upskilling because the way uh, it works, especially if you're someone who, oh, how, how, where are we? I'm trying to work out where to start with this because there's, there's a lot going on that, we, that you don't perceive on the industry. So Dale and I are going to pull back the curtains right now as, as educators and reveal to you how the education works in, in this industry. So um, if, if, I, if someone wants to create a course for trainers, uh, they don't need any special qualifications or anything like that. Um, so they can just be like someone else on the internet who's offering a course for free or someone who you follow on Instagram who you like. Um, but what they do is they have to put together the course in a standard curriculum format that then gets checked off by assessors who their job is basically to just look at courses from all different industries and decide whether this fits this template. Now, the problem with that, of course, is that um, if every course has to fit a certain template, which is things like there needs to be, you know, an outcome learnt at the end, uh, which if you're like me, I've done a lot of different courses training once that are like accredited or not. And I always get different things out of the course. <laughs> it always happens so, anyway. Yeah. And, and sometimes the thing I get out of it is not the thing that the person intended for me to get out, but it's just from doing the stuff and asking the questions and looking at things in a different way that I then, yeah. So that aside, that everyone's outcome is going to be different. Uh, and then there usually has to be some form of assessment. 
which I think is silly because that's just like school where you're going to get graded. Although it's not, you're not even going to get graded. You're going to get a pass or fail on the assessment. Now we're adults. We run our own businesses. We need to fail. Like we're going to fail at things that we do. So actually, in my opinion, the best way to learn is to take the stuff you're learning, apply it, mess it up, change it, do it again. Now this strict course format doesn't allow you to do that because you want to pass and the instructor wants you to pass. So often they're really easy, like multiple choice questions, things like that. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> Mate, so that, so is, that's the format that it has to fo- follow. Now that way of learning with, you know, a, a set outcome, a set guideline to the course and then assessment that works really well for some people. Some people work really well, uh, learn really well through that way, but that's like still a small percentage of the population. So by creating education through these formats, we're just leaving out like a huge number of people, which not to like generalize, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that a lot of people in the fitness industry, myself included, are not the type of people who are, who are like academics. And I don't mean that, I don't mean they're stupid. I don't, I mean, they're the type of people who aren't going to go to university and try and get tenure there, which like, that sounds awful to me. I would not want to do that in a million years. So I'm just saying, (laughs) I think, yeah, exactly. The terms. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to word this because I'm not, what I'm saying is that people in the fitness industry are definitely the type of people who learn, tend to learn by doing. We're not the type of people who are like, want to read a lot of books. We want to get out. That's why we do group fitness. We want to get out. We want to engage with people. We want to learn by getting immediate feedback from the people we're working with, learn from that, change, do it again, adapt. And I just think putting courses into these strict formats, it just, it limits the way we're educating our industry way too much. And, um, and it's forcing people to learn through this one style of learning. And uh, yeah, I've, I've just talked for a bunch. So Dale, I'm no, going to no, no. pass it over Mate, to you I, for a second. <laughs> I love it. No, no, very true. But what it's doing is it's going back to school and it's mm. making, it's really zapping the creativity out of people. Do you know what I mean? Like when you can, yeah. I've, I've created courses for like Fernwood gyms. I created some for like a certificate three and four of a fitness certificate. And every one of them, like they said, they'll go create and use your ideas. But at the end, yeah. there has to be this quiz. Or more. And I'm like, it, it, you don't have to be able to do a quiz. And they only do that so people watch it. Like, and my thing is they need that because the courses are so dull and boring that they need a way for people <laughs> to watch it. I was like, no one yeah, will yeah. do that because I'm you have to watch this. You have to say because it's going to be a quiz at the end. Yeah, yeah. there's a quiz at the end. And, and they go, oh, try and make questions throughout. I'm like, that's crap. Oh, that just means that the presenter's boring. They're just reading slides and it's not engaging yeah. because the only mm. way you can make people watch the whole thing is by, you know, pressuring them or forcing them that there's going to be a quiz at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's one thing. That's where I'm like, that's really flawed. And it's really going back to school that school doesn't fit everyone. But that's why now, if you look at it, they're offering, you know, trades again. They're offering different like industry ways into it. It's not just all go and get your... ATA, HSC, your your enter score, whatever you call it around the world and go to university because that's not everybody. It's not going to work for that. One size 
does mm. not fit all. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm. and if you look at the way a lot of kids learn, particularly in Scandinavia and like in and in Australia, um, it's around play, it's around creativity. You know, like they get some, mm. they get a, a pile of things and then have to figure it out themselves. Yeah, it's, that's a great way of learning, and that's what a lot yeah. of us as trainers do. But then these courses, like you just said. And when I was designing it, it was so strict. I'm like, oh, am I ticking this off? Am I doing that? And if I just had yeah. create a course like I normally do, so when I run an online course now, Kyle, there are certain things I make sure I do because like, you know, like last episode where you said about your story, you know, that that one minute podcast, uh, YouTube or can't get this right, Instagram uh, yes. video, yeah. there's yeah, a step yeah. you do that to hook people in. It's exactly yeah. the same with a course. But what I found was I was not able to do that with these courses because they made it so I wasn't. It was just all about yeah. being compliant. And I'm like, that is zapping the fun out of it. Um, yeah. And that's the one thing I really struggle with, with this online stuff. And even with, yeah. you know, as like for people that don't know, I present all around the world for trainers, corporates and teachers on ways to make movement and learning fun. And I don't have any certificates in any countries because if I did, it would mean that I would do exactly what I was doing with these courses. I'd have to meet all these guidelines and it'd go away from who I am and my fun. And that's why people come to my sessions. Yeah, and the course. The course would get watered down. It does. And and what people would get out of it would get watered down, right? And it wouldn't be the experience. They don't need... You shouldn't need a multiple choice, a multiple choice question, or you, yeah. you shouldn't need an outcome at the end. It's the yeah. experience and what you gain. Everyone yeah. will get something different, um, and that's yeah. like with your little rant there, Kyle. I feel passionately about this as well, and um, I I don't know the answer though, and that's probably the one thing yeah. for me is I understand why we have to have that because otherwise it'd be all road cowboys, you know, cashing in <laughs> and, and having courses everywhere, and there'd be no regulation on it. But again what they're doing is they're zapping the fun and the creativity and the play and the enjoyment by going back to a format that's been used for centuries. It obviously doesn't work now. People aren't engaged with schools. And so what are we doing? We leave school and then to get accredited in these courses or in certificates, it's going back to that same old model that's outdated. Um, So yeah, that for me. So for you, where's, um, Where's some of the best ways you like to learn or you develop most? You, you do a lot of courses, don't you? Uh, yeah, I, I go through phases. But uh, early on in the piece, I realized that I wasn't going to just learn what... I mean, there's a lot more variety now, but back when I was starting 10 years ago, there wasn't a lot of variety in the terms of the courses that you could do that would get you points anyway. So I was kind of like, I need to look outside of the fitness industry. You know, if I want to learn about sales why am i going to learn from a guy who's doing like in the fitness industry about sales necessarily uh what i'm going to do instead is i'm going to go find someone who teaches all kinds of people how to do sales and how to write copywriting and things like that and i'm going to go like read what they have to do uh and the same thing happened when i started you know doing things online i'd read books and yeah i Back then, I read like some autobiographies and stuff like you like as well, Dale, um, to just learn different ways of learning and to learn autobiographies are great because you get to see how those people learnt as well. So like through, and a lot of the times it's through experiences, right? Um, and then recently I've done a couple of courses with Seth Godin, which is like someone I've talked about a bit, and he's been working really hard 
over he's a big believer in this actually if you if you want to understand a bit more about what we're talking about with education there's a ted talk it's an older ted talk but it's also like one of the top ones with sir ken robinson dale's nodding his head he knew which one i was going to recommend i think it's and I he think talks it's a, about it's nearly the most downloaded ever i, I think yeah if you um when i was about doing my ted talk there's a book called talk like ted and in that book when they released that it was the number one ted talk at, at the current time yeah okay yeah. yeah it's it's a fantastic ted talk about education and yeah just like some of the stuff we talked about how people learn and why schools are broken and um so what Seth's doing is he's got a huge audience and this has still been extremely difficult because it's so ingrained in us that we have to learn in this specific way. Because I mean, we spend like the first, what, 20 years of our life nearly, plus if you go to university, um, learning like through this system. And so he's got a huge following, you know, like multiple best-selling books, like thousands and thousands, like hundreds of thousands of people read his blog every day. Like he's got his blog daily blog and it's still been like a lot of hard work creating a school where there's no um, outcomes. Instead, it's all action based. So it's like you learn and you take action, you learn and you take action, you learn, you take action. I've done one on podcasting and I just did uh, one on marketing and, um, and I didn't finish either courses but the amount I got out of them, I got about 50% through on the marketing one and I got about 70% through on the podcasting one. But the amount I got out of it was just incredible. And the way you learn forces you to... Forces, that <laughs> sounds bad, but it does. Yeah. It, uh, it calls you to engage with the other members of the course as well. And that's who you learn from too. And you follow their journey and you read everything everyone's doing their work in the open it's not yeah everyone's doing their tests you know separately and you can't see each other's answers no <laughs> yeah. you're doing your work in the group and sharing what you're working on and so you can see how other people are thinking you can jump in ask them questions help them they turn around they help you and that is like a fantastic way of learning um and he faces the same issues that we have day where people still turn around to him and say hey can i get you know, a certificate oh. of this, can I get accreditation? And he's like, yep. no, like this, this is like, you're missing the point. Um, and yeah, so, so he's someone I like to learn from because he's really embraced and he's like leading. I feel like he's one of the leaders in really leading the way on, in the industry or in the world on like helping change the way that education happens. Mm, it's so funny you say that. I was just thinking, cause I, I went all the way through high school. Then I went to uni for four years then I went back into the classroom and started teaching. <laughs> like, and so if you yeah, wow. idea so it's like super. <laughs> my, my dad always used to say to me, he goes, Dad, you'd never know anything because all you do is you think you're right, you're a teacher. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I suppose I understand how it all works. And I, as I said, yeah. I've, I've been in higher education, I've been in primary, and I've done it all myself. And mm. I've left that system. And I, I like certain aspects of it, but what it does is it doesn't allow you to be super creative, like you just said, and that, everything you do in life shouldn't be an outcome. Do you know what I mean? Like, and like you just said there, instead of everyone doing individual tests, why don't we work together so we help each other grow? And that's essentially mm. what happens now yeah. with you do a course and become part of a group. And that's one of yeah. the beautiful things about Facebook is you're doing this course together, you're growing, you're helping each other and you're being accountable. Mm -hmm. It's not let's sit 1.5 metres away and do a test and everyone score, you grade it individually and then at the end you get yeah. ranked. That's 
outdated. That isn't a great way. And all that does is builds anxiety, stress, and it makes a mentality, I'm not going to help you because it might disadvantage me in the future. And that's yeah. what that that's what that model does. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that idea. And that you, if you don't want to finish something, you may have already got what you want out of it halfway through. Exactly. And that's great. Exactly. How good is that? Yeah. That just means it's yeah. a brilliant course. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think his book, um, Marketing Without Marketing, or is, you'll know. That was our podcast course. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you sorry. mean this is marketing? Uh, yeah, something, something. It, this it was is recently. marketing. Yeah, I yeah, listened to it. One. I remember listening to it when I was in South America on the bus, and I'm like, yeah. everything in there. It's not even about marketing. It's just about common sense, really. How people yeah. think, um, and it really comes back to a lot about what we've spoken about today, and why the schooling system and our PDPs, CCs, whatever you want to call them, they don't work for everyone. It, yeah, it, and and it's just sort of ticking that box. So. I find that interesting. I really like Seth Godin as well. Um, I like his mentality. Uh, Sir Ken Robinson's uh, TED Talk is amazing. And again, in that, he talks, um, it's mainly just all around storytelling. He tells stories and he does the talk the whole time without any slides or anything in it. It is so organic, just about play, fun. Um, and that's why it's one of the most viewed yeah. TED Talks ever, mate. It, it's amazing, isn't it's it? It's a great talk, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and he comes up on stage, and you're like, he looks like a professor. <laughs> you're like, he looks you're like, like who's this guy? Like, uh, talking, <laughs> and the next thing you know, he's got you laughing, and uh, yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, so I guess if I had to like leave people with something, it would be if you're feeling, if you already feel frustrated with the whole like having to get CCs, having to get PD, but you know, coming or or you yeah, you're feeling maybe you don't learn that well through uh, the existing courses that are out there. You don't get a lot out of them. Stop spending your money on it. Stop spending your money on registration. You don't, like we said, okay, this comes down to your country and things, but you don't necessarily need to be uh, registered um, to be insured. So, you know, you still want insurance. (laughs) Do what you need to do to be insured to keep your clients. (laughs) We're not saying that. But uh, certainly look around um, and see what other options out there and, and have a look at, at other educators out there because there's a lot of um, great courses and things out there that aren't accredited either because um, the person's not from your country, you know, maybe. So, like, they don't have accreditation in your country or they're not uh, in your industry, so they haven't bothered to get accredited. But that doesn't mean you're not going to learn a ton from these people um not to mention free content like this podcast we put out there you don't learn any ccs and pdps from listening to this podcast it'd be awesome if you did uh but we'd have to start testing you at the end <laughs> uh, I hate testing. we're not doing that goal <laughs> you're not doing that no uh exactly so it's not gonna happen uh but you can get like i'm sh- you know I, I know from talking we've talked you know we talk in our facebook group with people who listen to the podcast how much people get out of this podcast um so, yeah, I know this today's episode was maybe like a bit ranty, but it's something Dale ah, and I had on our chest that we yeah. need to get off. I think it's important though, mate. And I, like you just said, it doesn't have to be learning for someone in the fitness industry. I can you grow more. And one of the biggest advice, as I said, I work a lot with like sports coaches and trainers. And if you could learn from anyone, 
I would look at a primary school PE teacher. Now you think about what yeah. they do. It, like they've got 30 kids that rock up. They're all different <laughs> abilities. They're all doing different things. Mm. You might have students with learning disabilities, everything like that. They've got one hour and one hour of the week. Yeah. And they somehow make that engaging. Everybody doing yeah. something, no lines. And, and then they're doing ones for four and five-year-olds. And then the next class, they might be doing it for 12 and 13-year-olds. And they do that yeah. all day. Um, so if you ever want to learn how to build engagement, I could yeah. never, ever speak highly of a, of a primary school teacher, particularly yeah. a PE one, because um, kids go crazy. You only get one hour a week and they go nuts. So <laughs> I would, yeah, I'd be... Even if you're a trainer, I'd say, oh, do you mind if I come and just watch you teach or help yeah, out and, yeah. and learn from you? It's yeah. It may not be a course, but I tell you what, the, the management skills, the building engagement, the fun, the excitement yeah. that they generate, the yeah. storytelling, uh, there's, if there's one person out there, it's primary school classroom teachers are amazing. But for what we do as trainers, primary school PE teachers are on mm. a different level. They are incredible. And that's... Yeah. That would be so. That's like a completely different way of learning again by like you're shadowing someone, which is like that's always what I tell trainers when they get qualified. I'm like, you won't, you'll learn all the muscles and things like that in your course, but you'll really start learning people when you start training people and when you start shadowing someone. And I I feel like personal training should should become qualified as a personal trainer. I feel like there should be more time involved, like spent shadow it should be a longer course but you spend chunks of it working with someone shadowing someone assisting someone because that's where really where you learn you learn through the doing well and i'll bring it back to teaching that's essentially nearly the last year like we do it for four years yeah that's true you do all the placements yeah yeah you do the placement and like yeah it's knowledge is great you you need to have it yeah but if you don't know how to engage people or how yeah. to win people over your knowledge is worth nothing because you can have no yeah. one to talk to and yeah. um that's essentially what the rounds do so uh yeah i, I think that's a really nice little way to finish you've go and either yeah. learn from people around you uh in the same profession yeah. or find someone that's doing something really that you like doing um because mm. they'll be able to teach you more in a couple of sessions than any course or yeah. go and find, you know, a coach or a PE teacher, like I said, that is in the same industry as building engagement, planning sessions, making them safe, um, and see how they deliver it and the way they use language, storytelling, and everything like that. Because there will be certain things you pick up that will be so beneficial for the way you deliver, the way you build excitement yeah. and plan your sessions. Absolutely. Right here, right now. Do you know what? For everyone listening, I really enjoyed that today. Kyle's hands today were going crazy. Uh, <laughs> Did you notice? I, I was sitting in I know a microphone's in the way and it's like, it's really awkward. <laughs> Old spirit fingers would today. I'll tell you what, they were going. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, that's great. I'll have to get so, some video. I'll have to cut a little uh, video for the Zoom call. Normally that. it's me, mate, when I get my rant, but I, I've been waiting. This is know, got, our 15th episode since we started back and it's taken you that long that was great <laughs> yeah it's a topic that that gets me fired up like education education systems i i enjoyed uh, yeah. it mate i thought it was good yeah i thought it was good uh oh do you want to go first or me are uh, you go you go all right Tell us all right so um, oh wait firstly how did your summit go on the weekend no it's this weekend i meant to ask so, you that 
Oh, this, this weekend, weekend coming up? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's this is going out Friday, so it's tomorrow. So like okay. I said before, um, the, I think I release at least one or two a month. I get either coaches, trainers, PE teachers, anybody, authors on and to do free webinars. And that's a uh, 45-minute to an hour course. Anyway, uh, tomorrow, Saturday, uh, if you just go to summit.jugat.life, we have got eight world-class presenters speaking for free. And you can pick a topic, anything you like. There's TEDx speakers, there's authors, everyone on there. Um, they're free. They go for 45 minutes to an hour. Um, there won't be any certificates. Sorry. Um, it's not about <laughs> that. It's about the experience. And what it is, it's called Healthy Minds, Positive Vibes, just bringing some joy to people's lives. And um, yeah. I've got my talk at 7 a.m., Australian Eastern time. So that meets a lot of different time zones. And what I'm doing it on is building engagement remotely. So I'm doing, I think, 10 or 11 brand new activities that you can use in your virtual sessions to build that engagement. I know I've spoke about these, Kyle, but it might be a really good thing for people to actually just join in, have some fun, feel what it's like and see how I do it. And again, take the best parts about that and use it in your own style. So anyway, completely free. Uh, I did one in the first lockdown for Victoria uh, and it went mm-hmm. really well. This time though, I've increased it to buy two more speakers. That's why it's called 2.0. Uh. We're in lockdown 2.0. Um, hopefully <laughs> we're not in any more lockdowns because the amount of work to organize, it's crazy. So <laughs> I won't be doing another one for a while. But anyway, go and check it out. Um, no credit points for it, but I tell you what, you will learn something because like a book, these people have got their, it's like a keynote. These are world-renowned keynoters and they're doing their best keynote. So um, yeah, you'd normally cool. pay thousands of dollars or corporations would to have them and um, they're giving them, up their yeah. time to help other people. So that's what I love about yeah, it. Awesome. I love the community, how it's banding together. Um, and that's my goal with this, just to hopefully, you know, if you watch one, two, whatever it is, that you'll get something out of it and um, you'll be able to use that to, Bring a smile to your face. So that's my right here, right awesome. now, Kyle. Awesome. And that's uh, summit.jugar.life. That's the one. Yeah. It's, I thought it I'd is. spell it. Yeah. If you, if, if you go to uh, my Instagram at Dale Sidebottom, you, I've posted oh, okay. a, a ton about it. You can um, yep. yeah, click on that link. But yeah, Juga was Huga. It means plain Spanish. It spells J-U-G-A-R. There we go. Yeah, I was, when you first brought that out, released that, I was oh, in no my one gets head, it right. I was pronouncing it Huga. Yeah. Because I assumed it was like a, a huh. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I say it wrong. And I get people all the time email me, you're saying it wrong. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. It's, but you like saying it wrong. I do like saying it wrong because then people remember it. And it's, it's uh, yeah, so it's sort of. But anyway, that's another story. So what what do you, what's up for you, Legend? Uh, well, I'm still on my sabbatical this month. So I've been reflecting a lot. And recently I was reflecting about how, well, it, still is challenging for me to take time off. The idea of taking time off is, uh, is still hard, but, uh, yeah, recently I've been reflecting on just some of the things that used to come up when taking time off. I've gotten a lot better at it. Like there's no way I could have just done this, um, a few years ago. Uh, There's no way I would have just like been like, I need a month off and, and like, you know, move things around. Uh, and one of the big things that used to come up for me about taking time off was feeling like I was letting other people down. And I realized how much I had gotten better with with that feeling. Uh, so yeah, I, I know I don't know if this resonates for people out there about letting other people down. Um, 
I think if you're having that feeling, it's a good opportunity to stop and reflect on how you feel about yourself. Because, you know, you may have identified as a person who never lets the people down around them, which I think I certainly had. Uh, But because of that, because it was wrapped up in my identity, I felt like if I did let people down, that was in some way making me a bad person or diminishing my sense of self-worth. So having that feeling, it's a good opportunity to maybe think, hey, like, you know, I'm not a bad person. You know, even if I do let someone down, I'm not a bad person. So um, thinking about what it is about it that this idea of letting people down that, you know, it seems really upsetting. And then also just knowing that um, it's that classic thing we talked about a few episodes ago, like you can only give what you have. So if you need to take time off, um, that's actually the best thing you can do for yourself and the people around you right now. So give yourself permission, especially with all the stuff that's been happening. If you feel like uh, you need to take a week off or something like that, like the world's not going to end, your clients aren't all going to leave you uh, and you'll probably feel a lot better for it. Mm. And it's, and it's okay to not be okay, but then take time for yourself. Yes. And I, I think absolutely, I think that is very important and a yeah. message that I know there's all these are you okay days and things like that, but um, I think sometimes we, you know, throw that question at other people, Cole, but not at ourselves. We neglect yeah, ourselves. Yeah. Like um, yeah. So maybe are you okay yourself? Um, and if you're yeah. not, and that's what I mean, what you've done, mate, is great, you know, because you, yeah. you were sort of running on fumes and like – you do seem happier now yeah. than, you know, when you needed that break. So um, I think it's been a good lesson for me as well to watch you and think that, you know, if I want a day off here and there, it's okay. And I, and I have been doing that. So thank you yeah. for leading that way. Yeah. That's been a, a positive for me that I've taken out of oh, uh, your good. sabbatical. <laughs> and your, <laughs> yeah, hands, good. your hands today, mate. Look, that is full time. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. So thanks for yeah, the episode, think- Legend. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. We'll uh, wrap it up. Beauty. Fare thee well, Dale. See you guys. See you, Carl. Bye.